What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, December 1st. Can't believe it's already December. That's wild. And you have re found, you can reach, you, know, you can reach for us too, but you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Zawoski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. Zoe, it has been a while, but... I would love nothing more than some breaking news on live on this show. You know, it, that, I thought you had some, but I get what you're saying. I was and, scrolling yeah. through Twitter. I was hoping something happened. Yes, this is the time of year where it's one eye on the show, one eye on the Twitter feed, because we love breaking news on the show for people to listen to it the next day when it's not breaking anymore. But yes, and as always with us, the good Reverend K. Fids. You know, there's a reason why we don't bring pirates on this show, too, is because we have to, at this time of year, keep one eye on one and one eye on the other. So I'm glad that we all are. Uh, that would know. be tricky. Maybe that's why they carried parrots all the time. And Absolutely. last but not least, the rookie NASCAR match. Been a terrible week. Now it's December, so Mariah Carey's polluting the airways. This is like. This is like, fuck around with Mariah? Yeah. Do you know she makes like seven mil a year off that song? I mean, that's, that's the dream, wild, baby. Dude. It really. Can you imagine how much Vanilla Ice would make off Ice Ice Baby if he wasn't hung over a, a balcony by Shug Knight and sold the rights to it? Goddamn shame. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, pretty excited about this week because it's not your typical off-season pod. We actually have actual things to talk about. Some very somber. Some very exciting, some very meh, and I'll let you guys decide which one's which. But um, with all that being said, let's just let's dive in here. Let's tap this guy. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on the boy. As always, this show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on the push notifications to get all your latest Chicago sports news pushed right to your face. Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Turn on the push notifications. And also, folks, the kitchen's open. Head on over to Uncle Bud's in Oaklawn, 9700 South Cicero Avenue. Go to Uncle Bud's. They got Taco Tuesdays. They got the Bud Burgers, which are unbelievable, but they don't have any Bud in them. But they are very good. Uh, great drink specials, live music. The place is really starting to come together. You got Mitch there with some weird old dude. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. The Jose Abreu. <laughs> Uncle Bud's a 9700 South Cicero. Go check them out. Tell them Zoe sent you. 
What do you guys want to start with? The meh or the sad stuff? And we gotta. You know, I mean, I don't know. Do you, you want to start out? Yeah, you want to start out on a downer, or do you and then then uplift from 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 the foundation back? Up? I mean, it's the biggest. You want to just story. Cap it out. We should. I mean, it's the Peel the bandaid off. Get it over. Yeah, I think we do. But before we get into that, before we get into that, shoulder right now too. I mean, it's like screaming it's at us. Right. Usually, screaming. usually I wait till the end of the show to say this kind of stuff, and I fear that not a lot of people are listening. But uh, as you guys all know, the Spotify Wrapped things came out, and you've probably seen all your friends, whether you like it or not, putting their musical taste up. We all saw Mitch's Mariah Carey, number one through four on his top five. We all saw it. It's fine. But um, I just want to say thank you. On behalf of all these guys here, thank you to the listeners. Uh, We, as a show, got some incredible numbers. Actually, way better than I actually thought it was going to be. You like us. You really like us. And uh, no, just thank you for everything. Uh, I can promise you. Onward and upward. We're going to keep getting better, keep trying to improve. Um, we're always open to suggestions. You know, the DMs are open, or you can always message either one of us individually. Um, one thing, though, we did get the stats. We are in some of the people's, we're some people's top podcasts, which is amazing, uh, as well as top well, fives and top tens. If you tweet at Pinwheels Ivy Pod a screenshot with us anywhere in your top 10 of podcasts, We'll give you a huge shout out on the show, and I'm sure I got some pinwheels and ivy stuff I can send you. Sunglasses. I definitely have sunglasses. Because you're cool. Because you're definitely cool have sunglasses. Listener. But tweet that out. I need Tag more. us in the tweet. We're going to retweet it. We're going to do all that fun stuff. We'll give you a huge shout out on the show. If you don't want to do it, cool too. But just know that we love you, and Mitch is going to give you a big kiss next time we see you. Um, <laughs> all right. Had to get that out of the way. So. <sighs> Here we go. Yeah. You bet, was that the picture you were looking for? Yeah. That was the picture. Yeah. Go ahead. Put it up again. Uh, whoever made that sign is gone now. So the news they're is. <laughs> no, they're definitely not. Jose Abreu, White Sox legend. It. Build him a statue and put it on top of the bean. <laughs> is now a member of the Houston Astros. Um, the news came fast. I'm glad it got over with, and I guess at the beginning, if you will, of the off season, just to kind of, as you guys all said, rip the bandaid off a little bit on where he's going to go. And, um, there's a couple things though, that were interesting about this whole thing. First and foremost, fucking Jose Abreu forever, man. I mean, I'm going to go on my little rant after we talk about the semantics here, but talk about keeping it first class all the way, all the time. He had a prime opportunity during his Welcome to Houston press conference to not even bash, just throw a little shade towards the White Sox organization. And all he said was, you know, they made me an informal offer. I'm here now. You know, like he didn't say like, uh, it was shitty, or but he he didn't do any of that, you know. He said nothing bad about the White Sox, nothing bad about White Sox front office. So they made me a formal offer. Let's move on. I want to talk about Houston. Very Jose Abreu. The other thing that was very interesting, though, folks, 
Jose Abreu got fucking paid. It was paid, a good, paid. It was a good day to be Jose Abreu. He went from a team struggling to find their identity or find the winning formula to the defending World Series champs who are still absolutely fucking loaded. And not only did he do that, but he got paid, paid in the process. Three years, I think the exact number was what, like $58.9 million? Mm-hmm. He got a bigger deal than he did for the White Sox the last time he was a free yeah. agent. <laughs> He's 36 years old, signing a three-year deal for $60 million. Now, if, I mean... He's going to hit so many taters in that juice box. And he doesn't even have to, though. That's the thing. I know. Where he fits he's into... Be... He's going to bat six in that fucking lineup. <laughs> and there's so no sad. April weather, which no. he's historically terrible in. So, and no more April. line protection than he's ever had. Like, actual line of protection. That... He is, he's literally, like, in a padded room. He yeah. has so much protection now. And the thing is, what is Jose Abreu throughout his entire career? What has Jose Abreu been the best at? Killing the Tigers. RBI. Oh, that too. Killing the Cubs too, Aldo, by the way. Driving in runs. And look at the five guys batting in front of him. Jose Abreu, I will, I cannot wait for, I will find someone that'll take a bet for Jose Abreu over 100 RBIs and put every dollar I own on it. And and that's the other thing, because you know he's going to play every game. Yeah, oh God. (laughs) Will he have enough in front of him to actually drive in. Are these guys going to be driving in half the runs anyway? Like that's a crazy part is he, this lineup is so good now at that, that one through six is they might have a bunch of dudes with like 90, 90, 95 RBI instead of like, unless they just really roll off. And it's just, cause some of these guys are home run hitters too. Like, so there's going to be a lot of clear bases ahead of them too. Well, yeah. the, well, the he, I mean, not to bring it down. Well, I guess I will bring it down. No, go but, ahead. This is wow. we're, this is like a therapy session now. Well, well, I was gonna say the, the Houston lineup. Obviously, they have a longer track record uh, of success, but like the, they have what was the, what the White Sox were supposed to be. Like the White Sox one through six was supposed to have Jose Abreu right, that's in true. there. That, yeah, that's true. But it was funny in the press conference. Someone asked him like, "What do you have to say about your home run numbers being down?" Because that's what everyone wants to fucking cry about right now. And he just goes. Because he's cool as fuck, and he's Jose Abreu. He's just like, I think I spoiled you guys a little too much with my uh, early home run numbers. Yeah, guy's just cool, man. And what did Jose Abreu do after his opening press conference with Houston? Goes down to the field and meets a third grade class and shakes every one of their hands in the dock. It's just Jose Abreu, man. Jose fucking Abreu forever. And it's noted on this show that I am not a fan of the Houston Astros organization. I, you know, it's a little painful to see Pito rocking that jersey. And it was really bothering me when he put the hat on. It had no pine tar on it or sweat stains. It was like, it just looked super weird seeing that. But good for him, man. At the end of the day, as a human being, as like a fan of the that guy who I watched defect to this, com- this country, play and give his all for a team that just wasn't helping him out for, what, nine years? Good for him, man. Mm-hmm. I hope he does well. And you know what's going to fucking suck? When he hits a tater off of fucking Dylan Cease game one of the season. I mean, that story is going to be a fantastic story leading up to that game, too. When I mean, like, you want to talk about a tweet narrative? Putting, I am putting $20 on Jose Abreu hitting a home run game one. Mitch? Yep, Mitch, yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Mitch. Up. I'm looking at you now, Mitch. 
it sucks on so many levels because like number one it's like a really it is a good fit for him but like out of all the teams he could go to like at least with san diego which is rumored in there he's like out of sight out of mind like you see him out in california like oh you know he's doing but like houston it's like your biggest roadblock in the al yep we get to that point so you know like if we do make the playoffs they're gonna be facing him round one uh now he doesn't have to babysit the locker room he's not considered a leader there anymore he's got battle tested world series champions around him so for the first time in his career like not everyone in the locker room is looking for him there's really like no pressure on so you know he's put up a a career year and you can't be mad at him like you know houston's in the world series then you're rooting for him and with gritted teeth that disgusting (laughs) logo god i hate the state of texas but um Go west till you find it, and south till you step in it. it yeah, it, it sucks. The whole thing sucks. And then for Andrew, like, and I look, I know, I we knew it was gonna happen. It was just mm-hmm. like kind of like the shock of the system, like seeing him with the hat on and like not in a White Sox uniform anymore. But like Andrew Vaughn is a replacement. As much as I like Vaughn, like all he has to do to replace Jose Abreu is never miss a game, average around a hundred RBIs a year. Uh, you know, help recruit all these players, like. It's hard to replace a guy like that. Even if Vaughn's good, like there's not replacing you can't replace a Jose Abreu because there was so much other stuff he provided than just the RBIs and stuff on the surface that that's going to be tough to replace. So he will be missed, and that's out of all the teams, man. That sucks. Houston. And I mean, one of the oh. things that go ahead, Fitz, before I, oh. I'm about to go off. So go. I was ahead. just going to say, Aldo, would you also like to talk about uh, the sadness of us uh, for for us Cub fans? Yeah, all these White Sox fans crying about losing Jose Abreu. Yeah, all these White Sox fans crying about losing Jose Abreu. You guys knew he wasn't going to come back for a month. The Cubs fans still had the hype of like, oh, maybe the Cubs are going to sign him. Well, you know like, what's we- interesting with all the teams that were in the list? Did you notice like almost all of them were contenders? Like mm-hmm. outside maybe the Marlins. Yeah. But that just goes to show you. And that's why he got paid. All of them, like any contending team wants a Jose Abreu on the roster. Yeah. Yep. It's not I think contention window. I mean, I don't know. And like, like didn't sit well. And like all the teams were very fast to be like, hey guys, we we were on it too. Yeah, we were, yeah, yeah. Too. We, were we were there. Um, the, the the who was it? Like uh, Cleveland. They're like, Cleveland. yeah, we offered him a three year deal. San Cleveland, Diego offered him a San Diego, Boston, the Cubs, Miami, and the two. Cubs. Miami was in on it. Yeah, they were like, hey, we we were we were trying. <laughs> yeah. So that actually brings me to another point that it was really really driving me crazy all the and i understand it's a coping mechanism like when you lose something or someone leaves you to be like they suck or it's not that bad or blah 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 blah. you sound like a fucking moron i'm just gonna say it <laughs> i i can't hold it there's no nicer way for me to say it jose abreu not only did he finish last year top five in all of major league baseball and hits but of players that debuted in 1995 and beyond, only four have won Rookie of the Year and MVP and also carry a career slash line of 290, 350, 500, or better. Mike Trout, Ryan Braun, Albert Pujols, Jose Abreu. Good company. Mm. And then, but the whole he's washed, he sucks, the... I, I just I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. It's comp. It's the old uh, when a girl breaks up with you. Uh, uh, she was ugly anyway. It's that. Ugly oh no, that's anyway. oh one hundred percent. That's what that's it, all is. it is. Speaking of that, oh good god, this is how bad my Jose Abreu day was. Once like they had the press conference, 
with the Astros. Your girl so, break up with you? Huh? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, no, no. It kind of reminded me of oh. a quick story time uh, with Mitch. God damn, dude. So I'm on the phone uh, with my girlfriend or whatever, and she's like, why are you so upset? And I'm like, well, Sick you know, you left for, for the Astros. And she's like, well, so what? You'll just get like another first base in. Like, no, no, you don't understand. It's like being with someone for like nine years and them, them dumping you. But it's like even worse because he hit like 100 RBIs a year and won an MVP. And she's like, well, no, it can't be that bad. Like, I mean, come on. I'm like, yeah, it is. Because like, hypothetically, we broke up. I wouldn't have to write a thousand word article about it for Swords Fox. Start <laughs> 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 writing articles about it. Well, Mitch, I mean, now you know what you have to do after nine years. Yeah, well, there you go. That article would be terrible. It'd be like Kaminsky's, uh, you know, questionable in-date decision-making, talking all NASCAR and Jose Abreu is uh, led to the franchise to part ways with the 22-year-old. Like, it would just be <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm gonna do this once. We just we just gotta get it over with, Mitch. Oh, pain. Oh. I, uh, but like you said, Zoe, it's not gonna be real until he has like the yeah. That's way too shiny of a helmet. Like yeah, that's but that's dirtiest that, that logo, hurts, man. That hurts. And then Houston tweeting out like, "We don't rebuild. We ret- what picture? Oh, it's, oh, there he is. Sure How did that get in there? <laughs> yeah, why? Why is that?" <laughs> I didn't put that there, Fids. Creep. I sorry, I was on Facebook posting our thing, and it just it popped up on my timeline. I'm like, is this is this like a picture from Godfather Two? What the hell? Um, so, now it needs to be in there, though. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, for nine years, Jose Abreu has been nothing but an absolute. Wait, so fuck. what were you about to say? Because I think I was about to add something too. Fuck. Uh, is that what you were gonna add? We're talking uh, about his jersey. Oh, he, oh, Houston tweeting that. Um, oh, we yeah, we don't re, we don't rebuild, we retool. Um, Jet said that. I, I remember the early two thousand tens. Yeah, Which those motherfuckers rebuild like no other. Yes. <laughs> now, now I do have to say credit where credit is due. They've done a great job. They've done what we thought the Cubs were going to do. They stayed consistent with a good farm system and also just having good players throughout. But you, you guys rebuilt. Yeah, and it's just for nine years, man. Jose Abreu has been an absolute fucking soldier for the South Side of Chicago. <clears throat> Not only as Mitch mentioned, he was vital in the recruitment of like a Luis Robert and bringing some of these other players to this organization. Just a constant mentor for his teammates, active in the community, active with the fans just ride or die south side of chicago and in my mind he always will be i mean i don't care what happens from this point forward jose Abreu should have a statue built for him because we love building fucking statues and not a sean taylor statue like an actual statue that, that's god that was embarrassing uh but I, i'm almost 40 years i'm a man i'm almost 40. I'm a man. And I've seen kind of like the Bears with linebackers, the White Sox with first baseman. It's gone in my life, Frank Thomas to Paul Canerco to Jose Abreu. Now that's a fucking trio right there. You know what I mean? Like I feel very like privileged that I've been able to see those three careers in my White Sox fandom. Which brings, I guess, to the next point. The torch has now officially been passed. 
is Andrew Vaughn the guy to carry? That was impeccable timing. Now you ruined it, but that was really good timing on the first one. But is Andrew Vaughn, is he that guy? Now, we'll, we'll kind of go around because I know where some of you guys are with him, but I've been thinking about this a lot since the Brady news and, you know, Han came out and said, you know, we're real bullish on Andrew Vaughn. You know, he did his lawyer bullshit. And I think he can be. I think the tools are there. I think he was making what we've saw, what we've seen of Andrew Vaughn so far is a guy making the best out of a bad situation. He's been thrown into a position he's never played and it's not like you're getting eased into it. It's like, hi, you're in the major leagues. Go play the outfield. And how does that affect his hitting? Well, it it's a different game. You know, like your whole mindset about everything. So as we've said about some of the other players on this team, going into a season now, having a full offseason, knowing you are the guy at first base. That is your position now. You are day one starter at first base. You're a first baseman. Prepare as a first baseman. Get ready for this season as the starting first baseman for the Chicago White Sox. I think Andrew Vaughn could have a big year. I mean, he, he, he fucking better. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, Kevin mentioned again, I know we're, we're moving on from the Jose Abreu talk, but just, uh, Kevin, the last time we were on mentioned like the biggest thing that you're going to miss from Jose Abreu is like, you know, besides like the leadership and the clubhouse and just stuff like that, the, the day in and day out is what Cubs fans saw with Chris Bryant is just the consistency. Like, yes, you know, he got off to, to the slow starts in April, but mm-hmm. like, you know, that he was going to turn it on. And then for like four and a half straight months, you knew that at the end of the season, you were going to get like 25 home runs, 100 RBIs. He was going to come through. Yep. Andrew Vaughn, uh, I know, you know, Kevin loves him. He has had success and, you know, some very, like the 2020 season was just weird. He was like facing janitors out in wherever they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so like how much development do you even get there? He gets, like you said, Zoe, in a position where like he's starting in the outfield, starting in left field and right field when he's like not used to doing that at all. So you would think that, like you said, he has a clear head now. He doesn't have to worry about like, fuck, I have to go out there and play left field and I hope I don't make a fool of myself today. Uh, so he should be much better defensively. But these mm-hmm. guys are human. So like I do think like at the beginning, he... I could see a slow start, but like just the the weight of and like the thought of fuck, I do have to replace one of the most beloved players on this team. So I think that's definitely going to be at least maybe like in April or at least the first couple weeks where he's going to feel that pressure. Yeah. Well, I mean, to answer the initial question is like, can he replace it? Like, can, or is he going to be that guy? Like, no, I don't think so. But he doesn't have to be. Like, he could be the old like if he hits like two seventy around 20 homers, that's fine if he's playing sufficient defense. It's going to come down to the Yasmani Grandals, Luis Roberts, and Yohan Cabez that, like, had the down years. Like, he doesn't need to be what Jose Abreu was. If he, He's a solid hitter, which we I think he will be better, and he made the point where now he's going to be playing a position that he's comfortable with. So mm-hmm. that's, that's only going to help. 
but like I don't think he's he, he's going to be what Jose Brady is. Like that's a generational type player. But if he's just a solid like two seventy plus hitter, that's fine. It's the the the, the pressure is going to be on the Grandals, Mancada, and Robert to stay healthy and produce like they they should have been from the start. So I, I think that's what the real pressure is on. Not even, not even fun. Well, Fids, you've always been very bullish. Apparently, that's the term to use now on Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> I mean, what do you anticipate seeing from him in this upcoming season? Well, first off, I, I do I do think before we even I even address that, I do want to ask this question. Since Jose Abreu is headed to Houston, I I do want to play a game. Is this a jazz trumpeteer musician or is this Jeff Bagwell? Dude, that fucking goatee. Jesus, Holy he shit. looked like a a shitty college professor at like a community college. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he plays bass in a church praise team. Um, so anyway, so back to yeah, it. it I think, wizard. I think that this is a good opportunity for him. I think the pressure's off. He's going to get into a routine. He's going to be able to have stability. Um, I, I think it's a it's un- unnecessary expectation to it, you know to to believe that he's going to come out and have a, a, a an Abreu type of season. But he you know he's he's a different player. He's not the same. I think you get an upgrade at the defensive side of the uh, um, of, of the equation because I do think he is a very a pretty solid defender. But I I think that you know there's going to be some pressure on him to just you know I, I, you know White Sox fans they're going to expect him to be Pito. He, he's not, and you let the guy be let let Andrew Vaughn be Andrew Vaughn, and that's going to be the pressure he's going to face is because now he's stepping into a role that was occupied by an all time great White Sox player. At the same time, it cancels out a little bit because he's going to have that routine. He's going to be able to show up to the ballpark. He's not going to be jumping around, having to take a billion fungos in the outfield, but trying to learn a position that he's not really naturally made for. He's going to be expected to play the position that he's been playing for a long time now, and he's going to be able to get back to what he does well. So for him, it might take a couple weeks into the season, but I do think that you're going to see him slowly get into that routine and start playing the way that Andrew Vaughn plays. He's not Jose Abreu. He's Andrew Vaughn. And what Vaughn does is 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 different. He's not going to hit fifty homers. He's you know he 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 could drive in a hundred runs, sure, but he's not that guy. And so that's the big expectation. But I think that he's I think it's going to be fine. I think that I, I think that you're going to miss Jose Abreu um, in the lineup. Obviously, you just lose that bat. But I do think this now. And again, we I think we've talked about it before. This isn't really the Sox taking Abreu over Vaughn either. This was the Sox taking uh, Eloy over Vaughn because Eloy now can just DH Vaughn could play first. Uh, the White Sox can fill in where they need. So I think that you're going to see, I, I think he'll have a, a solid season, but I think that it'd be unfair to him to expect him to be Jose Abreu. Let him just be Andrew Vaughn. And I think Andrew Vaughn, it, his type of play and what he brings can help a team win a lot of ball games. Well, another thing Vaughn's going to have going for him too. If you look at his splits, he was pretty bad in September. Like the numbers just kind of fell off a cliff. And I think a lot of that had to do with fatigue, too. Because, like, let's face it, playing first base is a lot easier than playing right field. He's not going to have to be running around that much. I think he'll have his legs more under him in September. So that's only going to help the production as well. Because, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. running around BP, taking fungos, whatever, and then in games. It's a lot harder on you than if you're just playing a corner infield spot. So uh, I think he's going to have that working to his advantage as well. One thing that I think is important – well, I'm going to say this. I know it'll never happen, but if he's not betting like 700 after April, May, like people need to give him a little cushion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm like? I, I don't think it's fair to like expect him to come out as a world beater. Like 
he's not a rookie and it's fine to have higher expectations for him, but I just think it's a little silly. I know, well, I know what's going to happen. Just to play devil's advocate here. What if he has the exact, or not the exact, a similar season that he had uh, 2022. So like 17 home runs. No, I need more he hits power like from him. two something. Uh, that's another question. Uh, do we know the humidor situation? Did they figure that out? Because like, what if offense is just what it is, and like, seventeen home runs is now considered, like, that's your team leader. Yeah, I mean, there's a, that's a. I think that's a whole other topic in itself with the the new hitting coach and just a whole new regime in there. I would expect that the power numbers like they have to go up <laughs> well there's really nowhere else for them they, to go uh, you would they're think so <laughs> braves the braves were first in the national league in home runs this year second the year before that's yeah. gonna help with something and then you got that um tosar they brought on the staff that helped turn salvi around like he had a, his best home run season after working with salvador or, or with the tosar same with jorge soler so i mean they got some guys that have have a track record of turning players around and working with teams that hit for power. So I and don't feel like a lot of the guys that have been brought in. And I also think the fact that two new positions were added and the one's going to allegedly help with the, the, the conditioning of them and the health. I think uh, that's, that's a step in the right direction that Griffel's already making some positive uh, impact on the organization. And don't, and don't sleep on uh, Castro, man. The Ca- Castro has been the last eight seasons with Atlanta who has, ripped the cover off the baseball and had a fantastic offensive approach. So he's, he's bringing in pretty good mindset from a place that actually, again, an outsider bringing in an out mindset of a, another uh, world champion here in the last couple of years. So that's another big part of it. I mean, look at Freddie Freeman, look at some of the guys that he's worked with across the board. He's, he's worked with some fantastic hitters. These guys are going to have a different approach. It's not the Menachino put the ball on the ground thing. I'm sorry that, that, that you know, that was, he, he tried to, kind of shy away from that but we could smell a lot like a fart in a car on that one you know he was that was part of that and so you've got a whole new approach and i think that's going to be big for all of these guys across the board and uh, i know white Sox fans aren't going to hear this because obviously you want like major additions uh offensively but uh i mean like mitch alluded to it uh, a little earlier like the you the guys that you count on that are already on your team like they just have to step up and that just includes like being healthy Mm -hmm. like a man's healthy for a full year He's gonna fucking rock. We all know if the slogan. Luis Robert is healthy for a full year. Like he is good. So we we all know the slogan: White Sox baseball. I mean, stay healthy. <laughs> I mean, Survive. It's, it's, you, it's, you do have to sign a a solid outfielder though to play left. You do need that. Well, I guess that's a natural per, progression into the next news of the last week or so. As the White Sox went out and they signed Mike Clevenger. Um, Hell yeah! I mean. Yay! Yep. I, I mean, mean that, that was perfect. Uh, yeah. I think that was the response overall. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Clevenger is what is he? Thirty-one years old. Uh, probably be he'll be thirty-two. Uh, his birthday is December twenty-first, so he'll be thirty-two this upcoming season. Uh, two Tommy John surgeries. Uh, missed some time this last season for knee issues as well. Um, but. He's still ahead. He's still a better pitcher than most of what the White Sox have on staff. So I think what the White Sox did was they went out, they solidified a four or five starter for themselves. And 
you, I guess, in the spirit of what we were just talking about, you just hope that he stays healthy. Um, I was hoping to get it around 12 or 10 mil. They got him for 12, which I think is also between this deal and what Abreu got, I think that shows where this market is going to be going in this offseason. Um, I mean, if you look at baseball reference, his projections in 2023, uh, they got him with a 411 ERA, 116 innings pitched. Ooh, okay. Uh, 123 whip. I did want uh, to bring that up. I mean, he, he's not a horse anymore, but if he can yeah. be, a, basically they're looking for him to be a better like Cueto type deal. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, I think I was a lot higher on the signing than the average White Sox fan was at first, but uh, shout out to a uh, beef loaf. I was reading his blog on Clevenger. And the one thing, and I know obviously the, the two Tommy Johns, I don't know why, like in my head, that kind of just like went out and was like, yeah, guys have Tommy John. But because he did have two of them, and then he pointed out in, in his blog, he has only pitched more than what, like 100, where he's like, only pitched starts more, here once. Yeah, it's one it. time. Yeah. So that, yeah. that projection of 116 innings, like, yeah, like he just hasn't, he just hasn't been on the mound. Yeah. So that kind of brought my expectations a little down. Yeah, I'll, I mean, go ahead, Mitch. Sorry. I still like the signing. Though. Well, like I was kind of when it first got announced, I was more in like the meh camp because like it really comes down to like, would you rather have Johnny Cueto or Clevenger for the year? And obviously Cueto was a workhorse last year. So initially, you know, one of the fan favorites were like, yeah, you want Cueto back. <clears throat> like, bro, like looking at it a little bit more, I, I do kind of like the signing. Because one, he's he's only expected to be uh, a, like a four, but he has the potential based off his track record to be at least like a pretty like a two. So there is that potential there. Uh, Cueto, as we mentioned, he came in like with some motivation because he had that minor league contract. So he's motivated. Clevenger's the same way. One year deal. He's trying to bump his stock. You got a motivated guy. So I like that factor with him too. Like talent wise too, I think you argue. He's got more talent than Cueto at this point in his career. And now that Cueto's been in the American League for a season, and I know, Fids, you alluded to this too, like he wasn't as good against National League teams because in the American League they hadn't seen him as much. So I don't think you can really expect another big year from Cueto again. So I think for $12 million, you're getting a higher upside for it. Is it risky because of the injuries? Yeah, but he was once an ace. And so if you can get the guy to be pitching at like a three level, he makes your rotation better. Uh, you have to overpay a little bit in free agency, yeah. But uh, – for, for a one-year deal, I, I did not hate it. I think the the, the Sox rotation is better with him in it uh, than it was at the end of the year, last year. I think that's fair. I think the last sentence there is fair. Um, and, I mean, the other thing is just – how do I want to put this? We don't know what this rotation is going to look like yet game one i don't think it's set i really don't um just call it a hunch call whatever it is and the other thing that with clevenger and i think some people are alluding to it in the comments like there's this whole thing about him kind of being a dickhead and asshole whatever you want to call it and i understand there was that thing with the the vaccination when he was with cleveland um, you know, breaking some rules during that time in 2020. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, unlike the other knob, he actually apologized for it and like owned up to it. 
And, um, you know, we do have some people that have contacts and are still are currently in the MLB that are friends of the show and ask them kind of what the vibe was about Clevenger around the league. And, you know, Fids, when he comes back, he'll tell you he got a couple responses just saying, you know, good clubhouse guy, fierce competitor, um, you know, likes to party, but also is the, you know, one of the most intense guys on the field. So, I mean, Fid, you could talk to that a little bit more. You're the one that put it out there. About, sorry, I was the feed. Yeah, the feedback you got from your people about Clevenger, like just yeah. as a locker room guy. Well, I mean, so the 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 first hand, the person with first hand knowledge of him, uh, which is from San Diego, is that he was a he was you know, especially when you have a guy that goes through injury, uh, it tells a hell of a lot about their personality and their character and the kind of person they are because some guys are assholes and some guys aren't. And during his time in San Diego, even when he was banged up, he was a good teammate. Um, and then someone that talks to people more regularly that played with him, especially in Cleveland, um, he's he's a fun party guy. I mean, he's a stoner, likes good music. He's a Florida Seminole kind of guy down, you know, he's from, you know, he's from Southern Florida and he just, he's a, he's a guy that has a little bit of a temper. You know, he doesn't like to lose. I, not, I wouldn't say temper. He doesn't like to lose. So he's a guy that mm -hmm. hates losing. That's a good thing to have in your clubhouse. And he could turn into half a prick on the bump, but he's not a guy that's going to treat his teammates like shit. He has, you know, everyone wants to talk about 2020. The dude literally apologized and didn't make excuses. He, it was a full apology. It was not like a, well, I apologize, but it was a, I messed up and I understand what I did. I let my teammates down, yada, yada, yada. And they were moved. They moved on. They were fine. Like it's over. Like his former teammates, his current team, there's, there's no question marks about his personality. His ass right away. <laughs> well, they do for the return that they got, I would have traded his well, ass too. Well, no, they, they, they traded him because they got the good. Taylor in the division. Great. And, 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 San Diego was smart. They're like, oh, look at look at the optics on this. Maybe they want to get rid of it because it was 2020. The COVID stuff was extremely it's intense trade for the Padres. And so, but boy, yeah, obviously in the end, it it didn't work. But if had it have worked, it would have been a good one. But he he doesn't have like he doesn't have a bad teammate reputation. He has one mistake. Um, and I did see stuff on White Sox Twitter. People, you know, as soon as you get signed, it feels like every time some of the White Sox sign somebody, it immediately everyone's jumping in their trash to check out, like checking their receipts. Like, oh, he cheated on his girlfriend back in the blah, blah, blah. And it's really strange to me that like, if you don't like the signing, you're just like, let's dig into this guy. Um, Cause I saw some stuff about like that kind of stuff. Some accusations that maybe he cheated on his, his pregnant girlfriend or something like that. And I'm like, look, you have the same people have no problem with Tim Anderson, but they're going to talk about Clevenger. I, you know, it can't have both. Yeah, so oh, he's just one of those guys. He's a guy that he's a, he's a fun guy to be around. He's a good clubhouse, like, He's a he's a party guy. Again, he's a Grateful Dead nerd, like stoner. He's he 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 probably loves to talk about his loaf and you know his hair growing it out. And I mean, he's gonna be fun. White Sox fans are gonna love him. I, I just I I think he's a a a, a high floor five, number five with high upside because if he if he pitches like he can, you know he's a five if he pitches like last year. He's if he pitches like his best year, <laughs> I mean you got a three. So and and for what 12 million is that what it was yeah yeah it's interesting the white Sox in 2020 tried to trade for him like they were offering yep. madrigal and i think it was rufford was the other guy and then the pod they ended up going to padres but imagine that we've traded him 
four of, and then he had the Tommy John. So like that was one of the few times I think it worked out better for us. In the White Sox always get their guy. Like, can you eventually. imagine Nick Madrigal with all the fucking Cleveland this year hitting, just hitting singles, hit, hit, singling you to death? He would fit in really well with that team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, good really Cleveland would. didn't do that. They got uh, much better players. Um, I think it's a good signing though. Is Jerry gonna make him uh, cut his hair? Ooh, better not. I, I doubt it. Michael trim the beard. Well, I guess he made him like trim it. It wasn't as long. Because it was it like Kopech like growing his hair out and then he got a haircut. No, I think he did that voluntarily. I don't think they made him. I don't think it's like the Yankees. Uh, no, they do. They have some. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> they do. So Michael said like usually the, the beard wouldn't be a lot. He said he had to trim it. Like when he first got introduced, it was like, yeah, Jerry maybe trim it, but he said I keep like keeping it like this. Like, Dude, Jose Abreu had that beard ponytail. No, that, that's why I remember it came out because they're like, um, so what is that? Oh, by the way, how about the White Sox? That shitty end up, not really a trade, but like just in free agency, you guys get Dallas Keuchel, Houston gets Jose Abreu. <laughs> Ouch. That hurts. Any White Sox, by the way, should let him just grow. Look, look at as big as like look as scumbag as possible. Like look like he just rolled out of like uh, off the beach and uh, haven't showered in weeks. Which you know most pictures are kind of dirty. Intimidating. What do you want? All these like is he going to be a Chicago tough? Is that that's the big question? I think he'll be fine. It looks like he's got that kind of just asshole in him when he's getting competitive. Like Fitz said, he doesn't like to lose and. I think that'll that'll play well with this fan need more base. people like that in the locker room. Because yeah. how many times did we watch them last year where they're like, they don't look like they give a shit. We need more guys. If he's a dick, so be it. And 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 and, and here's the thing too. He's not a leader. Okay. Like so, so there are guys in the clubhouses that are leaders, right? There's the dudes that are like that that are gonna give the speech. He's gonna he's gonna be like, Hi, right, bro, gotcha. Let's go, let's go to work. You know, that's his he's gonna stand, he's gonna linger to the back and he's gonna do his thing. He's not he's not gonna be a cancer, but He's not that guy that's going to stand in front of everybody and like, you know, he's going to worry about his job and, you know, he's going to, he hates losing, but he's not, a, you're not going to look at him as like a, a clubhouse alpha. Um, that's, that's somebody else's job. Yeah. He's not Dallas Keuchel trying to be a leader, even though he's a prick. Well, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's Tim Anderson's team now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying with the pitching staff too. I'm talking with the pitching staff itself. Right. Like, because the staff also is like completely a separate entity than your regular clubhouse. You've got your, you know, what you guys are doing in your PFPs and those guys are off on their own a lot. So, I think that this is Cease's team, and he's – I wouldn't so, be shocked if he was Cease's buddies. I mean, one thing we heard from this team all season was there, there isn't – like, there was never that, like, one, like, rah-rah guy in the locker room. But what Jose Abreu would do was he'd pull people to the side all the time and give them, like, the old, like, hey, man, you're fucking up, or, like, some kind of speech like that. I could and then see, they kept jogging to first base. I could see T.A. doing stuff like that. I could see him doing, the, like, the off-to-the-side stuff. I don't think – there's a guy that's going to like stand up and do a whole like rah-rah speech on the squad right now. And I don't think they need that with the new. Well, the new, who, who, the, the new leader for the white Sox needs to be who, like whoever's in charge of the, uh, uh, like the rehab, their training staff. Oh. That needs to be the leader of the white Sox. Well, guys on the field. Then aren't they doing a line change with that? I mean, I know nothing's beneficial yet, but somebody said, I thought, that I, thought I read that they brought in someone else. Yeah. yeah like, well, that's the other story that came up was on what was that tuesday the white Sox announced their coaching staff finally uh so they made it official charlie montoyo is the bench coach ethan katz remains the pitching coach kurt hasler stays in the bullpen uh then you get jose castro who we briefly talked about he is now the hitting coach for the white Sox. um 
basically a career-long assistant hitting coach. You know, he bounced around a couple teams. He's been with the Braves for a while now. Decade uh, almost. Yeah, as Mitch mentioned, you know, home run numbers down there increased under his tutelage, if you will. Um, so, I mean, I'm just happy. New face, see what happens. But the other new, what they did too, uh, everybody wanted, well, not everybody, but there was a faction of White Sox fans that wanted Chris Johnson to be promoted from the Charlotte Knights uh, as the White Sox hitting coach. And instead of doing that, they made Castro the hitting coach, but they did promote Chris Johnson to assistant hitting coach. Now, we heard from numerous amount of players that did rehab stints or were sent down and came back. Uh, the loudest being Gavin Sheets saying, you know, I came down here and worked with Chris and he helped me kind of figure something out. So it's a good thing. Good I like sign. having him up with the squad. Um, and then fucking Daryl Boston. <laughs> it's a fucking snitch. I, <laughs> you know I what? They took him off the base running because he used to be in charge of base running. And they're yep. like, no, no, Montoya is going to be in charge of base running. Debo's yep. basically there to help with the outfielders. So, yeah, but he stays on his first base coach, Teflon Debo, man. I just, well, it's because he's, he's Rick Hahn's uh, clubhouse uh, spy. That's what I think. I just, I, it's just, I mean, I mean I he sure as hell isn't uh, coaching defense in the outfield. Well, that's been bad that too. was his job less. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand how he keeps that. But I love the Montoya. I love the Montoyo hire, though. I, I, I like a lot because you yeah. got a you got a brand new first year head coach, and you got a guy that's got three some three plus years of experience as a manager. He's got a 500 record with the Blue Jays, 236, 236 regular season record, a wild card card berth in 2020. Uh, he's gotten to coach such great players. I mean, you got Bichette, Guerrero, Hernandez, Kirk, Manoa, Simeon, Simeon, Simeon. I was going to say Seaman. Uh, Springer, Stroman. I mean, you've got these guys. He's been around a lot of good players. So he's a really good person to lean on in that first year as a head, as a manager um, for for that clubhouse, you know, for, for that dugout. You got somebody that has some experience. So at, yep. where the White Sox just went from a guy with an inordinate amount of experience as the manager and a guy with zero experience as a manager other than like filling in for people when they got fired in Castro, now you've got the reverse. You've got a guy that doesn't have managerial experience yet. And now you've got someone that does as his bench coach. And I think maybe that's where the dynamic will actually finally work, which is you need to have that give and take good cop, gap, bad cop, you know, break people down, build them back up. And you've got to have that as a, as a collective cohesive unit as a coaching staff. So yeah, I think that's I, a good, I, I love the Montoya move. And then, I did it. there's a pretty, there's an article about it. Sports mockery, sports about the new coaching staff. But the one thing that stood out to me, uh, like going through that whole thing and writing, it was like the variety of different backgrounds, all these yes. guys. You have a lot of different voices from a lot of different situations. There's some big analytic guys. There's some former players. And then uh, they got this new, like, director of sports performance. I think mm -hmm. that's going to help with the rehab and the health stuff. I wasn't <laughs> finished with the lineup here. We're going to get to that guy, Mitch. You're yeah, let's done. Let, let Zoe get down to tell us that the White Sox got head. Yeah. <laughs> well, then they got uh, – Tosar. Love it. Eddie Rodriguez is the third base coach. Uh, Mike Tozar is the major league field coordinator. I don't really know what that means. That means that Griffel wanted him on the staff, so they created a position. Yes. For him and then the hitting coach, and they kind of compromised with. Well, well that means with the defense? Isn't he a defense? Major league field coordinator makes it. He's working. He's a defensive guy, isn't he? Yeah, but he's also helped. The way Griffel's describing it, him 
Johnson and um, Rodriguez, I think it was, they're all kind of got to combine to help with like the hitting department. Yeah. Well, because he was a roving hitting coach with the, with the, with the uh, Royals, right? And then he was a special assignment hitting coach with the with the Dodgers, actually, uh, for, for seven years. To pick his staff, or was there like uh, some? Uh... I think it was a little bit of. Both. Well, this guy's from Kansas City, so yeah. Well, I think uh, Mitch mentioned it, how uh, I think he wanted him as the hitting coach, but the, they kind of just made up a position for him. Yeah, so but I think, they, by the way, I think brought, Ed is that training guy, by the way. He's the health and performance guy from the Reds that they brought no, over. Well, he was with the Giants. Well, he was, with, he was with the Giants for nine years, then the Reds for three, then yeah. they let him go, and now he's with the Sox. Yeah. So former, he's a strength and conditioning guy. Yeah, he's a what is he's it, major league sports scientist. Wow, that's a Yeah, cool his official title is Senior Director of Sports Performance. Yep. Hell yeah. So he's a big analytic guy, but yes. And then, but I mean... Eddie Rodriguez is Grafal's boy. So, like, he brought him over. I think, like you guys said, I think it was a mix. I think this was a collaborative effort, which is great. But also looking at the staff, there's no more Han being like, I couldn't really do anything. This has Han's fingerprints all over it. You know, like. Except for one guy. Fucking Debo, man. No, no, no. Tony Tony got his one guy still a job. Shelly Duncan. Stayed Still on. has some made-up analytics position. I, you know what? I bet Shelly Duncan is happy as shit that he doesn't have to like explain to Tony what like America Online is. Shelly Duncan has a job because his dad is Dave Duncan. <laughs> right, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he doesn't have to spend his time dumbing down analytics. I'm not saying dumbing down is a bad way to put it. He doesn't I... have to spend his time explaining and trying to convince the people in charge the value of the analytics. He just now can actually do his job. And like lay it out for them to play it out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think he's I think gonna that be was happy. a favor for Tony Rose. And which is fine. I mean, well, no, I like. I don't think it's yeah. that, that, that's not a big deal. I'm just. From, I think it's funny. Yeah. And then so those are the big White Sox news, and I mean, there's been some other stuff around the league, if you will, going on. Uh, speaking of the Toronto Blue Jays bench coach Don Mattingly. Just took that position officially, which I think was a great hire for the Blue Jays. Um, did he? What's did, up? Did he quit Don Maddie? Like, did he quit the Miami job, or did he get fired? I'm pretty sure didn't he like quit? I can't remember. I don't know. I honestly don't know how that ended. I think they like part because he was like kind of dumb. Because I think they would have kept him around. So I think it, I just find it interesting. And I, I might be wrong, but I'm almost. I'm pretty sure he like quit the Marlins job. So I figured he was just kind of retiring, and now he's taking on a. A bench coach role. Yeah. I mean, that's a good hire for yeah. them. Like, that's that's a very good role. Interesting. Mm-hmm. A shit show down in Miami. Um, and then, you know, with the winter meetings coming up in a week, uh, there's been reports from uh, Passan and some of the other baseball national writers that they expect um, a lot of activity to go on, if you will, uh, coming out of these winter meetings. Reason being why everything's been so slow. And I personally think like the last couple of off seasons, there's like a a beaver dam holding up all the signings and everything. And this year that dam is Aaron judge. Uh, We all know he's been in San Francisco meeting with them. Steph Curry. Who's going to unplug the beaver. Yep. (laughs) Steph Curry and his boys have been in, in these meetings, San Francisco as you know, but uh, on Wednesday, 
it became public that the offer on the table from the Yankees is eight years, $300 million. Now, I don't know if there's any wiggle room there or what, but San Francisco now knows what they got to beat, what they got to go with. And uh, I think if Aaron Judge does go outside of New York, which I still firmly believe he's going to be on the Giants. Um, If and when that does happen, I feel like the reason why some of these other big free agents are waiting is because New York is going to go absolutely batshit crazy with their spending to make up for the loss of Aaron Judge. I mean, yeah, they have to do do something. (laughs) Right. And I mean, I'm talking about like DeGrom, Rodon, one of the four big shortstops, like, all these guys have to be. They should go hard after Swanson. You just don't want him on the Cubs. Yeah. Get him. Get you him, Yankees. You just don't want him on the Cubs because he's going to the Cubs. <laughs> but you're trashing Swanson. But when all these other shortstops sign and he's the only one left, you're gonna be like, "Oh, we want Swanson." No, no I've said it from the beginning. Like, if, if the Cubs end up with uh, Dansby Swanson, it'd be, it's fine. But it's like uh, he is definitely fourth on the list. Yeah, and and a distant fourth, <laughs> I believe too. It I don't just, think. No, I, yeah, exactly. He had an outlier year this year. That's you know he's going to get paid for somewhere, and I hope the Cubs aren't the one that fall for it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, Yankees, get them. Go 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 go. So, but that's I mean I really think that's the case though. I mean I don't know if you guys, but it's like once the Aaron Judge stick falls, like the whole thing is going to kind of the floodgates are going to open. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we saw it with Clevenger uh, with the White Sox and then Abreu with uh, Houston. Like, the reason, you know, obviously the biggest reason, I think, with Abreu and, and the Astros is because, like, he's going to an automatic World Series contender. Yes. And he got $60 million, which yes. he wasn't going to pass that up. Like, that was – I don't think any of us had him getting three years. Um, and, you know, he got that third right. year. Great for him. Mike Clevenger, you know, like Mitch said, you know, sometimes you have to overpay a little in free agency. So he did. Especially There's a reason that my that Mike Clevenger – signed right away because he knew he was getting 12 million from like he that this is gonna be like the best offer probably um so it's gonna take it's gonna take like what like it's if it's it's either gonna be aaron judge or what we saw the rangers do last offseason like maybe maybe it's gonna be the phillies with trey turner where like they're just like all right nuts on the table here's our offer this is what it's gonna be take it or leave it Maybe that maybe that's what's like the big move that gets things rolling. Yeah, that that that's got a lot of steam right now is Trey Turner to the Phillies. Yeah. yeah. I mean and it's not shift on over. There's a lot of like if there's smoke, there's fire type going on right now, which also leads me to believe that some shit's gonna go down at the winter meetings because I feel like stuff is starting to lead out. The other big story was that Xavier Bogarts and Boston just are done. Yeah. They're ah, just not wrong. They're just not talking. And as although, as you pointed up in our group chat, this is playing out almost exactly like it was with John Lester. Mm-hmm. I mean, the as much shit as the Cubs got uh, with their core and deservedly so. I mean, Kevin, we know this, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you look at what the Red Sox have done in the past like two or three years, starting with Mookie Betts and now with Bogarts. And like I mean, JD Martinez is walking. I think. Uh, I mean, he's a little older now, so he's different. But like, they are letting these guys go too, and not getting anything. Mm-hmm. The fact they won a couple World Series, though. Well, Bogarts did. They didn't get a QO, did he? Or did he get a QO? He did. He did. So he'll. Oh, they'll so get like a draft something. pick. 
Yeah. But like the, and like and like it's the it's the low ball offers. I think he yep. back in the season he was offered or like before the end of spring training, I think he got offered four years for ninety million. And like this is a guy that's getting projected to get like six, seven years for like close to two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Like think about that low ball offer. <laughs> um so yeah, think the looks like things are uh, not great between uh, Bogarts and uh, the Red Sox, which I love as a Cubs fan because that's the one guy right now who is uh, being linked most to the Cubs in yes. recent days. So and then another interesting article came out. Um, ESPN did their annual uh, GM survey, if you will, before the winter meetings. Um, couple things of interest here uh the first one that i saw was in the who will be the most notable traded player this winter three gm said sean murphy three said pablo lopez two said brian reynolds two said corbin burns excuse me one said colton one one said fernando tatis jr which we should talk about in a second but two said lucas giolito and I guess going all the way back to what I was just talking about with the Clevenger signing, I am not fully convinced that this White Sox rotation is set in stone as of right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think- for one, they have to sign another starting pitcher just because there is uncertainty with like Michael Kopech, right? Like I know they said that he's going to well, be there's ready. There's uncertainty with Kopech. There's uncertainty with Clevenger. Clevenger. There's, you know, I mean, Davis Martin had a great, not a great, but a solid solid rookie first rookie year where you know he could be a spot guy for you and i'm sure they probably think they got another guy that can like that's the thing if you trade giolito you either have to get a pitcher in return or you're trading or you're going to sign another starting pitcher who you can rely on at least right starting 25 games or something there's a guy carlos rodan out there (laughs) (laughs) like lance Lynn's really the only big workhorse guy that they have it's like done a year in and year out that's the one big concern with Clevenger is because with Davis Martin, you could afford an injury-prone co-pack because you have Martin to make up a couple spot starts here and there. Now you got two of those guys, so one of them's got to stay healthy. Otherwise, it's going to be I just – with the whole trade Giolito, I mean, this is like the definition of selling low. Yeah. I mean, I understand that – You're not planning on giving him an extension. So right. at least get something for him because you're not – No, gonna- and I understand. I think he would also be part of – I don't think he'd be a one-off trade. I think he'd be part of a package. Yeah, absolutely. Like a to Lucas the twins Gialli- for no, the, or a Liam Hendricks and Lucas Giolito to the Dodgers. For who? Then, Bellinger's a free agent now. You can't have him back. No, go with like get go get me Gavin like a Lux? Gavin Lux and give me one of their million stud uh, farm arms that they what, have. What was that guy's name? P P P P P uh, Pot Piot 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 I mean the the Pot Pot stud is wrong guy. The stud is Bobby Miller, but I mean they what have a couple. To Dustin May is he healthy? No, I want nothing to do with that. The White Sox don't need another guy whose arm could fall off at any time. That's just. Pass. He has he has a uh, long curly red hair there. Okay. Jake uh, <laughs> Deakman's enough for redheads. Yeah. Um, and setup guy. But I just think, and I tweeted this Dick out. Jake Deakman is too good in MLB the show. I don't know why. 
That is weird. Doesn't make um, sense. I tweeted out. I'm, I stand by. I really still think that the White Sox, in some way, shape, or form, whether it be Liam Hendricks or whatever they got to do, are going to make a deal with the Dodgers. I, I don't know why. I don't really have a solid foundation for this. I just, I really think it's going to be Liam Hendricks, though. I really do. But I guess it depends how much they trust. Uh, I guess it would be whoever, if it's Lopez or Graveman, to be the closer. Yep. Well, unprovoked in a recent interview, I saw Raylo basically saying like his goal is to, in, be, yeah, to be a closer. Is to be in Major League Baseball. Is you to never be a heard that, too? What? On Sports Mock? Never read that on Sports Mock. Shout out, Mitch. Shout out, Mitch. But um, I can see Raylo being the closer. I'm I'm actually pretty okay with that. So that's why I've – if they can get – and I think they can get a pretty solid return for Liam Hendricks at this point, I, I rip it. It'd have to be a good return, though. Because – People feel like Hendricks is a stud. You're what's not... a good What's a good return? Well, I think, like you said, if you got Gavin Lux, if you included Giolito and you got a Gavin Lux, you solved the second base issue. Then yeah, then then I'd. Really... I don't think the Dodgers would do that. But I don't either. Yeah. Maybe. Who's the the Dodgers got a kid in their system that plays second base? That's pretty good. Hold on. What about Colton Wong? No, I don't want Colton Wong. I don't know why people are all about Colton Wong. Because your starting second baseman right now, though, is Larry Garcia. A joke. That's why. Our starting second <laughs> baseman is a joke. Oh, Michael Bush. Oh, oh <laughs> I mean, I know why you want I know why you want so. Michael Bush, um, that would be the name to look for. Uh, he did. Eh, he's okay. Triple A this year, 266, 343, 480. With an 823 OPS, you got any power, kid? 21 home runs in AAA. Not great, but is what it is. Um, Bush. Bush. 55 hit, 55 power, 45 run, 45 arm, 45 field. Overall, he's a 55-grade prospect. Plays second base and outfield, second base primary. He was a first-round draft pick in 2019 by the Dodgers. Um yeah, I mean, if you can get, I don't know though. I mean, oh, Michael Bush. They're pretty high on him. Um, like they're they're not trading. Uh, I don't think they're trading Gavin Lux. No, I don't think so either. But if you can trade like a Liam Hendricks and get like a Michael Bush and a Ryan Pipiot. Pipiot. But see, that's the other thing with uh, Pipia. Um, why would they want Lucas Giolito when they can just be like, well, we can just keep developing this guy? Lucas Giolito goes, goes to the Dodgers. He's going to win the Cy Young. That's what the Dodgers but, do. But, but it's going to cost them like $10 million and they can just pay this guy $700,000 to do the same thing. Because mm-hmm. they're a fucking pitching factory machine. <laughs> They signed Shelby Miller. I didn't even know he was still in the exactly. League. So I'm scared. The Cubs had Shelby Miller. Do you remember Kevin? Remember yeah. they signed Shelby, <laughs> and he sucked fucking balls in yeah. 2021. Now he's gonna he's gonna win comeback player of the year. I'm convinced. Oh, 100. percent 100. That dude, Shelby Miller, is how old do you think he is? That guy's been around forever, and I think he's only like 33. 
or something like that. I thought Shelby Miller was 40. And I'm not like being like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like trying to be it. like funny or anything like that. I honestly, when I saw that signing, I was like, how the fuck old is Shelby? Shelby Miller's been in the he's league for 32. He's been in the league for 20 years. <laughs> I don't know. He's 32. High he That's made his wild. debut in 2000. Like the last time he pitched, the Cubs was like in. Yeah, no, Shelby Miller with the Dodgers is going to be, he's just going to be. I don't know, like elite setup man or something. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, He'll probably wouldn't actually come back player of the year. And, and he just turned thirty-two, by the way. His his birthday was in October. So Shelby Miller hands the ball to Liam Hendricks. Dodgers win the World Series. Boom, done. <laughs> I mean, there's there's partners out there. There's ways the White Sox can go with this. I mean, the Zips projections came out, so of course we had the, like it's like a an annual holiday of Zips projection overreaction day. But the thing that's Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. The thing that's glaring though, is just how absolute dog shit the White Sox are at second base. Like I understand there's not like this, like abundance of stud second baseman in major league baseball right now, but it's just, I mean, what the fuck? It's gotta be better than that. Plus, you got Aloy now as your DH. You have Andrew Vaughn as your first baseman. Stop fucking putting Gavin Sheets in the outfield. So, what's that leave you with? Luis Robert and Oscar Colas, and then you still need an outfielder. Gavin Sheets. Oh, God damn it. That'd be so bad. Hello. God Garcia. If you're letting Abreu walk to avoid having too many first baseman DH in the roster, you better not have a Gavin Sheets or Andrew Vaughn in the outfield. Hello. Right. I mean, that's when you get the whole Joey Gallo, Cody Bellinger, Conforto, like. I'd be fine with any one of those guys. Are they going to go grab one of those guys? Like a defensive outfielder, too. I mean, a couple of those guys can actually play it well out there. Yeah. And I mean, I mean you're probably going to have to give around like 20 million, I would imagine, a year, 18 to 20. Sox aren't doing that. I no. can tell you that right now, guys. They're not. And, and the way this market's going, Mitch, you're absolutely right. And then all those, right, too, though, the Sox are just, they're not going to do that. Like, okay, I know that there was that early report, I think it was from uh, James Fagan from The Athletic, where they were saying, like, the like, payroll is probably going to go down a little bit compared to what it was in 2022. They've already spelt, spent the $12 million on Clevenger. Has that, has that deal been uh, officially announced? I still, think, I still think, like, part of that money is buyout money, maybe. I don't know. I don't think it's beneficial. Because like, cause I think Morosi first said $8 million. He said at least $8 million. And then it was Jim Bowden who said twelve million, but I think there's going to be like an I don't know who got, I mean, whatever that is. There's not there hasn't been like an official tweet right, right. or anything yeah. from the White Sox that this deal is done. But let's say it's twelve million because like it's guaranteed money because like let's let's say it's like buyout money, so it's twelve million. Like how much more do they have to spend? Because we were doing the math. Like okay, Abreu was what close to like seventeen, eighteen million. So 17 minus 12. So you still have plus 5 million there. Uh, do you have like $10 million to spend total? Um, I think that a lot of people, including myself and people that are trying to estimate what this budget's going to be this year, drastically underestimated what the market's going to look like this offseason. And I think yeah. seeing Jose Abreu get three years, 60 million, and Clevenger getting 12 million and all that, like, you're whether you like it or not, if you want to have some chance at these guys, you're going to spend now. 
like Michael Conforto, uh, Kevin, his came up uh, came up with the Cubs over the weekend. And now there's a whole bunch of interest in him. And like, he's going to get like a multi-year, di- like an opt-out, like after year one. But he like, he's going to get some dough after not playing last year. Right. Not. And then Mitch just said, like Cody Bellinger, he got, he got non-tender by the Dodgers because he was going to make a shit ton uh, in arbitration. Yeah. And like, he's going to, he's probably going to get like a one in one where he's going to get a, like, probably like north of like 13, 14, at least that much money per year. Like these guys aren't going to be, these aren't the, yeah, we'll give you one year, $10 million Jock uh, Peterson contract. Like these guys are going to be making some serious money. Yeah, Jock took a hometown discount. Jock just, he's too lazy. He's like, just, I'm just going to stay here. Just <laughs> pay me whatever. I'm just fucking staying here. Well, I think that is why, because like you heard Rick Hahn even during the press conference, they were, he was like, we're probably going to be searching, going through trades. It's going to be like, damn, what do we do? Or we're going to go through. I would not be surprised. How if I had to bet money, I think a core player gets traded, whether it be Giolito or even Robert. Like everyone thinks that was crazy, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he got traded. Like I think if they oh, want. Well, let's play that game then, Mitch. One of the core, one of the core guys. Well, let's play that game because what Mitch is referring to is that account that everybody loves, that MLB executive uh, burner. I'm Twitter not account. saying that's accurate, yeah, everyone, or not. But, but I do think, like, if they're going to trade someone, like, because they don't have anyone of value in the farm system. So if they want right. to make an actual upgrade. And we talked about, like, they don't have the money to spend to get an actual impact free agent. So if they actually want to capitalize on the window, they're going to have to trade one of those core guys, like a, a Robert or an Anderson or something. Like, or a right. Well, I've, heard Geo scenarios. I've, I've heard a lot of people throwing out Geo to trade. They, they, right. they, I think they have a lot of people feel that he's, like, the most likely to go because of the contract year and all that stuff. But yep. here's the scenario, though. What if you got Luis Robert down to Miami, you get your boy Jazz, you get Pablo and, Lopez, and then and you get another outfielder from them? I'm listening. I don't know how good their other outfielders are, but I know they have a few young guys let's, who... Let's take a look at the old prospect machine. But you um, automatically sure up your second base spot. You get yep. another good you know high floor uh, still high upside starting pitcher in pablo lopez and then you get like a young outfielder they got a kid named jacob barry 55 grade overall he's listed as a third baseman outfielder but oh he's only in single a dude fuck off no no, no. Um, look at look at look at their mlb roster look at their mlb roster all right i think they have a guy like named sanchez maybe Floor Miami Marlins roster. Like it could be like I still think that'd be crazy trading with Robert, but he like Mitch said, he is so, the one guy who still oh, has a lot the other, of value. This is the other name that came Brian De La Cruz. De La Cruz. Hey. Yeah, Abby. We can bring <laughs> Garcia back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Didn't they give Jorge Soler like stupid ass money? Uh, it was like three for thirty six or something like that. I could see them trying to dump that in a trade. Uh, Jesus Sanchez, that was, guy, he, he was pretty good. What if he had that? So the one that I saw floating around was Jazz, De La Cruz, and uh, Pablo. Yeah, I pick up the phone. That's worth a discussion. I think it is. I mean, I don't know a lot about the De La Cruz kid, but 
Let's I mean, a, let's take a deeper dive. Jazz Chisholm and Pablo Lopez. That's a solid one, too, to start uh, the conversation. De La Cruz had 329 at-bats this year, hit 13 home runs, slashed 252, 294, 720. Oh, that is a low on base. <laughs> yeah, 294 yeah, OBP. Uh, it doesn't say. It says 329 at-bats on this. Yeah, this is good Here we go. Games. Oh, 20, he played 115 games. Right. Struck out, struck out, struck out ninety times to nineteen walks. Sounds like a White Sox already. Yeah, <laughs> not great, I mean, not great. All right. Yeah, his OPS was uh, seven twenty six. Could be worse. So thirteen homers. Okay. Four stolen bases. Got speed. Speed yeah. kills. Yeah. I mean, just get get a Daryl Boston working with him and get up to five. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Maddie, what Geo and Sheets get you back, bud. I'm down for it though. Get, yeah, I'm good with it. Or worry about Sheets in the outfield. Or Liam and Sheets is fine too. I I'm fully okay with Sheets being like the the and guy. You know what I mean? Like Liam and that team really has to believe that Sheets is going to be still good. I mean, there's team power is a hot commodity. It is. It is. And he's got pop in that bat. I mean, is there any scenario, guys, where like we know White Sox historically aren't going to be spending big in free agency? Rick Hans already said publicly we're probably going to be, if any big changes are done, it's going to be through trades. He's already hinted at Oscar Colas being the right fielder. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to be spending money, money there either. What if it's like, you know, first couple weeks of spring training, you know, as much as you'd want to do a trade, teams don't have to do a trade with you. Nope. Um, They're kind of just stuck in a position where like, uh, all right, Eloy, you're back and left. Oh, shit. That would be, they, that's the correct response. Oh, shit. Defcon 5 right there. That's <laughs> It could happen though. I mean, it, that's yeah. not a. That's what I'm saying. If you if you're not committed, if you're not committed in free agency to spend, there is you can't guarantee yourself that like a team's just going to agree to a trade with you. Yep. So. <sighs> that, would that would be. I mean, that I would. Know would be surprised if that was the case, and then you know what would happen. He'd be like, "Well, you know, Eloy's uh, really been working on his defense. <laughs> we, we we see some upside, you know." Daryl's been working with him 24-7. Yeah, the ball goes out in the backfield, and you know, he always really improved his defense. Like, I want to believe, but, like, uh, like obviously, the, the, the easiest route is always spending the money. Because, like, you know, flash flash the money in front of the player. And, like, obviously, it, it, there's a lot of more factors that can, like, does the player want to be there? Does he love the city? Whatever it is. But... But, you know, if you do flash the money, you know, that's a good incentive for those guys. Trade talks, you can have a great rapport with GMs. You can lo- mm-hmm. They can like some of your players. You can get, you, Kevin, you can have a trade done and the owner's like, no. Or the yeah, manager's like, it. no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Guys, just pony up. And well, that's what's so frustrating about it. And this is not an original take either. Like, well, the White Sox would have been saying this for a while, but like, this is your contention window. Like, we we suffered <laughs> a rebuild 
for this and they don't even want to spend the money. Like now it is time to spend the money and they're not doing because it's been so horribly spent on a bunch of scrubs. And now you have, well, you know, we got like five million. Maybe we can spend here and uh, maybe we can swing a trade. Like it's ridiculous. Like you invested in all these guys for the rebuild. Spend the damn money. Well, you got already... Mike Clevenger, Mitch, be happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could you could have had Carlos Rodon for like eighteen million uh, last year, mm-hmm. but uh, yep, injured. Continue. Yep. No, my family too. They'll win like eighty games, be mediocre again, but he'll have like a really good year. Like cats will work with him and have a monster year, and then he'll fuck off in free agency yeah. too. <laughs> Goes back to Cleveland. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again. My Clevenger reaction is just kind of, yay! Like, <laughs> I, I think it's. I don't think it's a bad signing. No, definitely not. But it feels like one of their own, like their headline of the offseason. If he's like the third guy in a free agency class, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm very nervous that it's gonna end there. They gotta sign one of those outfielders. It's somebody they, they have they to. Gotta they gotta sign one to. of those outfielders. I mean, to. even if you're just stupid about second base, you have to at least bare minimum, you have to go and sign one of the outfielders we've mentioned. Yeah. I'd be fine with them overpaying a Joey Gallo like that. Would it be my no? But like better than what we got right now. Them signing Gallo will get absolutely destroyed. It'd be a chaotic day. Well, do you know what come up? Even though he was fine before he came to the White Sox, Adam Dunn. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean that'd be two point Yep. Or like I think uh, Gallo, though, it's like the perfect market for him. Like the second city in, in you know, in or the second team in town, so he doesn't have to worry about like all that pressure like he had in New York. It's a like the ballpark is built for left-handed pop. He's a good defender. Like I see a lot of upside there, and he'd probably be cheap. Right. And- he just has to deactivate his Twitter account if he still has one. Well, that and the other, but the big difference though between a like a Joey Gallo and a, a Don is Gallo's a Gold Glove outfielder. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say he it, he does at least have great defensive skills. That yeah, have. I mean he's not just a big old corn fred country boy that hits the ball, you know, million miles that can't play D. I mean Gallo, and that's the same thing with Bellinger. You know, Bellinger. I understand everybody focused on the hitting, the hitting, the hitting. Bellinger is still a very good defensive outfielder. Yeah. Well, I want to ask Kevin for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Like, so you have, so they need a center fielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's Gallo, there's Bellinger. The Comforto kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, they could do a trade for like the Luriano guy from the A's. Uh, maybe one of the, I know you like Varsho from mm-hmm. uh, the Diamondbacks. The, the Diamondbacks have like five outfielders yeah, right now. Five. Yes. Yeah. So Anybody, Alec Thomas, all Alec Thomas. Guys, yeah. Um, there's uh, Kevin Kiermeyer from the Rays. Kind of injury, hip injury. I don't like that. Um, Romeo Tapia. Like the options aren't that great when you when you start no. going down the list. Kevin, who do you want being the Cubs center fielder in 2023? I think my first preference is probably Bellinger, then Gallo. Um, I, I I just don't know about Conforto. I have no idea what's going on with him. So, nope. I mean, 
you, you don't know what kept him out last year. It doesn't, or at least if we, if they, we, I just, I don't know if it, what kept him out last year, at least, but well, it was the, he had like a shoulder, shoulder, uh, surgery. Right. So like those two right there are the top. Cause they're also left-handed bats. Um, very good defensive players actually kind of versatile too. both can fill in, uh, if needed at first base too. I know the, Right now, the the I've got Matt Mervis to worry about, and and his first campaign as a major leaguer. But if he if he hits a if he stumbles and then he needs to go back down like Ian Happ did, you know, all I'm hearing right now, by the way, is Wervis at first base, which is Mervis and Wisdom at first base. And if Matt if if, if Patrick Wisdom plays more than forty games this year, the Cubs obviously aren't trying to win. Um, so I, I like that their their versatility, but I like that you got to have some good defense in center and consistent defense in center, and I think. You, you can bury those guys deep in the lineup. Um, and, you know, if you get more from them than you expect, but you're still getting consistent, you know, defense and center, they're not going to be as bad as Jason Hayward. I just, I refuse to believe that either one of those are going to be that bad. Um, it, you know, I think that Bellinger probably has the most potential to break out, break out. But I think that both of those guys are, you know, especially with the shift kind of, you know, at least somewhat shifting or, you know, uh, fading away a little bit. Those two guys are going to probably have a higher bat pip than this year than they've had in years past. So I think that helps uh, those. I mean, if I had to choose, that's one, two, and then everything else is, you know, obviously the Varsho Varsho would be my like huge yet, yeah. but any one of those, like you said, those diamondback outfielders, there's, it's like a carousel of quality there. And if they can get something for not a ton, not too bad. And, you know, really everyone's just kind of treading water till Pat, you know, Pete Crow Armstrong is ready to go, but right. he's still got another year at least minimum. I'm thinking but, the White Sox should go shopping in Arizona for one of these outfielders. You guys should, yeah. Bring Alec Thomas back to the South Side. It's his home, Mount Carmel grad. I feel like bringing back guys to Chicago doesn't always work out. Nah, most times it doesn't. Didn't they just <laughs> find that local kid, that Peyton, Mark Peyton or whatever? St. Rita, baby. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. There's your outfielder signing. <laughs> and then I wanted to ask Mitch and Zoe. I think she wrote about it. Does does uh, Wilson Contreras fit on the socks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking Billy Ripken. Uh, <laughs> for those that don't know, what we're talking about Billy Ripken is on one of the MLB Network shows, and they were talking about dark horse free agent signings, and you know, from well, it is a dark horse, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, it fit he, in with the segment. Yeah, Billy <laughs> said that he'd like to see Wilson Contreras sign with the. Uh, the White Sox. I love it. Would not hate it. It'd be like the biggest signing in free agent history. For we know where he's going, though, don't we? He's going to Houston. Yeah. Oh. Um, the dream of having Wilson Contreras play with Jose Abreu that some Cub fans have had is going to happen, possibly. Which is weird because yeah, it's not in Chicago. Because the Astros are like, I forget, I can't get the source. Is it Dusty Baker who blocked it or the owner who blocked the trade? Owner. The owner, so like, the owner but like now he wants him. Well, because now it's not a trade. You're, well, that's true. He didn't want to give they up. They have to give up uh, like a draft pick and some money. But yeah, that's but true. but the weird thing with Houston is like they're like saying like, oh, like we'll use him in the outfield. Yep. Like, I don't know. Split time with him with uh, Alvarez. I, well, I would well. not be surprised if he split time catching. Just because if you look at that lineup, the big weak link offensively was from the catcher's platform. Yeah. yeah. So people forget forget that he was a he was an infielder before he was a catcher. Like it's it's not it's this one's not a stretch for him. Um, you know he's he was you know when he was drafted. I mean he came out. I mean he was developed as a catcher, but the dude can 
I mean, he played first, catcher, second base, third base, left field, right field, his entire minor league career. He was all over the place. So this isn't something new to him. And I think that probably behind the dish, maybe 30, 40 games, and then him just being able to fill in in little spots around the diamond, I don't see him playing the infield by any means. But. And then left field also in Houston. Like, it's not that hard. It's not I that know bad. they have the it's high wall, but it's a short, short left field. Yeah, you don't have to patrol much at all. As much as I love Seb, though. You have Wilson as your backup catcher, Ooh. maybe starter, depending how poorly Grandal plays. Like that's a pretty good one two ten. If Grandal gets like half a bounce back season and you got Wilson there too. Boy, people like James McCann on the White Sox. I was gonna say the, the people the people who fell in love with that James McCann are be pissed off when uh, Wilson Contreras like has trouble framing strikes. I like will, what the fuck? <laughs> But those bat flips are going to look so much cooler with the white the socks. With the, yeah. I always thought they were kind of douchey on the north side of town. But like, <laughs> funny how that happens, huh? And then for the Cubs, apparently they're talking to uh, Christian Vasquez, who was traded to the Astros from the Red Sox, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy that I thought they're going to, or that I think they're going to sign, uh, Narvaez, Sox legend. The Brewers. Why? Very solid catcher. It's so quiet right now. It's God, just there's so like quiet. nothing, man. There's nothing. Like they're they're I mean, it, it, the Cubs especially came out hot and heavy with rumors with Sanga, with with uh Rodon, with Abreu, yeah, with with obviously with Correa that John Morosi's been beating that drum over and over again. And it's like all of a sudden reality hits and it's silent. It's just Why? silent. There's nobody linked with the Cubs at all now at this point. Well, that's not true. Other than not, I mean, uh, not necessarily I mean, nobody nobody like doesn't feel like there's a big name right now that's being like it's going to happen. Like everything right now has just gone quiet, which could be a good thing. This could be Jed working in the shadows and doing his little, his little thing. Like that's or what sucks though. Like, everybody again. <laughs> like look at the, look at MLB. Like what moves have there been? The Astros. The, they, they're the ones who've done the biggest signing. Jose Abreu, 60 million. Rizzo went back to the Yankees. He had the qualifying offer. So he had to decide. Tyler Anderson signed the deal with the angels. He had the, t- he had the qualifying offer. Martin Perez Absolutely. had the qualifying offer. He came back to the Rangers. Like what other? No other big free agents. There hasn't been anything. Any- the thing is, but you're also. You, it's funny that you just mentioned a bunch of winning franchises right now. The like Angels that are, the are Rangers. only adding like well, Rangers not, but that that are adding pieces. The Cubs have so much work to do that it feels like they're just sitting back on their heels. And again, this intelligence spending stuff is just dumb um, to me. And and they're not. It, they kind of had to come out a little bit aggressive because guys like Jose, uh, you know, uh, uh, Correa, Carlos Correa, and Turner, and and probably Bogarts too. They've said pretty publicly they want to play for a winner now. So if you have designs on signing them, you can't say, "Hey, sign with us." I promise we'll keep our word and get more players because there's no guarantee in that. Their 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 reputation is already shit with some of these guys, especially with Boris clients, because they've been screwed over enough with with two talk double double speak. So they got. I I've, I thought that the Cubs, of all the franchises that are trying to get back in it, they had to come out faster than everybody else, and they've kind of sat back. Maybe. I was hoping for something more aggressive, but but here I, we go. Rayu, they saw how high the price was, so they probably backed out. Yeah, of there's it. no way. Hey, in the end, uh, he talks like as much as these guys say they want to play for a winner. If trade turn, if the Cubs have the best offer, and it's by far, he's gonna go to Chicago. Like, all right, but, we'll but he's not gonna get the years. Right, no, Jed's not going over five. He, so there goes the, the teams now who are closer to winning than the Cubs. But that's Boom. the thing. The there's like 25 other teams. So like, are they just are they? They so don't they're exist. Not doing anything either. Guys, it's that's only a, the that, Cubs. This only is the like, Cubs. And 
like they're racing at a super speedway in NASCAR, you know there's going to be that big crash. It's the titillation of the big one that you're waiting for. It's like the same thing with free agency. I need. What, I need. It's going to happen next week. Uh, what day are the winter meetings starting? Like Tuesday or is it Monday? Tuesday, Monday. Well, hold Monday? on, see. So I need. So whoever it is, I need like Dom uh, Dombrowski from Phyllis to get drunk. You know, at night, need him to call Boris and get things rolling here. Um, the winter meetings are December fourth through seventh. So that'd be Sunday through Wednesday, right? In, yeah, so, in San so like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night, you know, Monday morning, and he's, you know, at the hotel. First time they've been in person in over two years, too. So yeah, since twenty nineteen, get, get the boys wheeling and dealing. I've been quiet for like the last ten minutes, you know, mainly because I'm just sitting here in awe. Why do the Diamondbacks? Why oh. do the Diamondbacks have so many outfielders? <laughs> That's what. I mean, I, I really wish in our contest that I just put Arizona outfielder okay. as the trade because it, it it could be any one of like. Well, I mean, they list have, them off. So list them off. So they have the the top prospect in Corbin Carroll. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere. Um, they got Kyle Lewis. That's right. They traded for him. Yeah, they traded for that. This is where my it's blowing my. Why would you trade for Kyle Lewis? Wait, what was that trade have, again? Kyle you have, Lewis. For... You have Jake McCarthy. Alec Thomas, Dalton Verishow, uh, this Pavin Smith guy's not bad at all. He's a little older, but Dominic Fletcher, Jorge Barbo- Barosa, who apparently was born the year I graduated high school. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here, dude? Like, they had David Peralta, who they traded. Uh, right, last but why season. would you trade for Kyle? They have so many good. Like, I would take almost any of those guys that I just named on the White Sox. Well, I think it's they're gonna trade. I think they're gonna trade one of the other guys. What do they need? <laughs> a lot of pitching uh, that infielders who's their closer who is their closer uh, I mean Zach Gallon's their best pitcher yeah oh and then fucking Zach Gallon with the eyeball emojis today Melancon? Melon- melancholy Melancon? Uh, I don't know how to say that one yeah Mark Mel. Mark Melanton. Yeah, real name is Mark is my age, dude. Maranta? Do you guys want a Liam Hendricks? Let's go. What do they need Liam Hendricks for, though? They're not contending. I mean, they're not terrible. They're not gonna be building. They're gonna win the outfielders war. (laughs) Wait, Dalton Verisho is a catcher too? Yes, that that, that's why that dude is such great value. Yeah. Because though know. not only I he's I didn't realize he's their backup catcher. He's a he's solid hitter. He's a great defensive center fielder, and he's a pretty damn good catcher too. <laughs> See, welcome, welcome to like that covet zone, Zoe. Because that this is why. Yeah, this like, is why Kevin circled him. It's like eggplant yeah, we'll give you constantly with him. <laughs> but I mean, Jake McCarthy was pretty good for him. They got Corbin Carroll coming up. Yeah. Now they, I don't know why they did that. Who was in that Kyle Lewis trade? Who did they trade away? Well, let's look that up. Because I do remember saying that. Because like the big talk was like, yeah, they ha- they already have all these outfielders. They just traded for another one. Um, specifically a right-handed hitting outfielder. The D-backs added right-handed hitter to their outfield mix Thursday, acquiring former Rookie of the Year Kyle Lewis from the Mariners in exchange for outfielder slash catcher Cooper Hummel. Oh. All right. So there you go. I mean, Kevin, they're just, they're just, yeah, they're just gonna, they're going the other way. Just all outfielders. 
Yep. Why do they have so many? Why do they have so many outfielders? No just outfielders. Just go. They're gonna play a five-man outfield. Yep. I mean, <laughs> is that legal Cooper, now? I don't know. Is that legal? Right. Cooper, yeah. What are the rules on that? Cooper Hummel played 66 games in the major leagues last year and batted 176, but apparently that gets you Kyle Lewis, and the White Sox couldn't make that happen. Well, I mean, Kyle Lewis, uh, kind of bad now. Hey. Hey. He's a health guy. I mean, he won Rookie of the Year two years ago. He beat uh, Luis Robert for Luis it. Robert. Well, you want to trade Luis Robert to Miami for Dilla Cruz. I didn't say I wanted to. I said I'd listen. <laughs> you said you'd get on the exactly. I'd listen. You would I'd... never admit that. And not ago. for Dela Cruz. <laughs> that, 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 that's a bad way to spin that. Luis Robert for Dale Cruz. All right, so there's, there's two other guys in that deal. Offers on the table. Offers on the table. All the brings up the player to be named Jazz later. Chisholm, yeah. Pablo Lopez and Jesus Sanchez. Yes or no? For Luis, for Luis Robert. Robert? No, probably not. No. I think I mean, like I said, it, like I said, it warrants a conversation. About Eloy? No, yes. they're not trading Eloy. No. I think so. That they will not trade on. I'd make they, they, if if they were gonna trade <laughs> so Eloy, like, they I'm would have to probably. But I'm driving Eloy and his mom to the airport. So uh, if, if if Eloy got me Pablo, Jazz, and De La Cruz, oh, you'd be his him. Uber. You'd go down yeah. and pick him up. I road trip. Them all, I'd drive him all the way. I'd like all right, a, I bet you we'd have a good ass time. Saddle up, partner. Jose Abreu back, but nope. Go pick him up in the Mutz Cut van. But Eloy's the only guy that hits for power on that run, like in the outfield. Right, but if he can give me a, a bona fide starting pitcher and an all-star second baseman, I'm trading Eloy. Coming off a of series. He's only all-star, though, because the Mariners are tr- or Marlins are trash, and they need to have <laughs> one all-star for every team. They have, they have the fucking Cy Young Award winner on their team. With semantics. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin Mitch's point, so <laughs> enough of that. The Marlins were better than people thought, I think. No, they are. They're they're. they're Especially when they get Mike Judge. No, just kidding. Not gonna happen. Well, they can get Mike Judge. They're gonna get, they're gonna get Mike Judge. They're gonna make Beavis and Butthead again. <laughs> yeah. I cannot stop doing that. Yeah, boy. Can't you stop. Like... Wait, it's a hypnotize you, Kevin. It, it yeah. won't. It won't. It's, yeah, bro, it's like calling mushrooms marshmallows and marshmallows mushrooms. I will yeah. never be able to break just that habit. I have no put idea. Put your head yeah. down and run into a wall or something. Knock something loose. <laughs> Cross wires. I mean, I don't know. We need to clock, uh, clockwork orange you with like just Aaron Judge's name. Yeah, there you go. It's Aaron Judge and who else? There's another one too. Uh, there's a football player, and I keep calling him something else too. It's bad. I don't know. Crack kills. Nope. Oh, <laughs> but oh, wait, wait, wait. Say it again. I am what say Mike Judge again? Yeah, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> oh, a warning to not get there. All right, well, I'm excited for the winter meetings coming up. I don't know if it's stupid optimism, but I really think something something of substance, whether it be Chicago-related or not, is going to come out of it. Speaking to that, I'm not as annoyed as uh, other Cubs fans are right now, but if next week ends and the Cubs just haven't signed someone, I will be, what the fuck? That's I'm not. Fair. I'm not to that point yet. Danny, he's back with the Mets, isn't he? Yeah, I was yeah. Just throwing that up there because he's <laughs> on a bubble. Danny fucking baggers. There he is. 
Baggers. Baggers. Jake Baggers liked my tweet about the show Wednesday on I'll Netflix. Jake for second base. Yeah. Try Jake Berger cannot. No, no, no. You put your head down and run into a wall now. Jake <laughs> Berger is not a second baseman. He, I will entertain the idea of Jake playing third and putting Yo back at second. If the if the White Sox oh, do yeah, that, you guys are faith in your good Twitter friend Jake Berger. Yeah, what the hell? No, is I want him at third. I got faith in him at third, but you I would think not tell you... like that comment, though. Yeah, not that one. All right, Jake, I got you. That's he fine. would just scroll on with that comment. I think Jake is also very self-aware that he's got two blown tires and the mobility he would need with a no-shift second baseman isn't there. What would you rather have happen, though? It's opening day. Down in Houston. I hate it when uh, you do this because I know where I know it's gonna oh, it's gonna be terrible. No, I'm only it's saying tough. it because you brought it up. Yeah. And I know that you it's brought tough. it up as a joke, but I'm gonna follow up the joke with uh well actually no, there's no way this is gonna happen. Like there's no way. There's no way, there's no way, guys. Would you a rather have Yoan Mancara is your opening day second baseman and Jake Berger is at third? Uh-huh. Scenario two. Yoan Mancara stays at third base. Eloy's in left field because Larry Garcia is just starting second base. I'd rather have Yo at second and Berger at third. That's a right. that's an easy one to me. Uh, I don't want to do that. If the Sox I don't do want that, Larry Garcia destined for seventy nine wins. If, if it's game one of the season and it's bad enough that we're playing in Houston and I have to see Jose Abreu in a fucking Astros uniform and Larry Garcia is the starting second baseman, we're we're not starting out on right foot. Well, well see, know, that was a trick question because Larry Garcia is starting in left field. What are we Probably. just gonna on the bench? Gonna get our money's Probably. And I can't wait to make all the money betting on Jose Abreu hitting a home run. Side note, Aldo. Do you think the Cubs are gonna get like Sanga or Rodon or any of those aren't those front They're not arms? getting Rodon. I still No, they're uh, definitely not getting Rodon. They're not getting Rodon. The Giants, I think, are gonna like overpay and like that's not a bad thing for Sanga. I think they're gonna pivot to like pivot. one of the Mets guys. Maybe maybe Taiwan Walker. Team. Yeah. Oh, no, I've... not the <laughs> not the <laughs> Mets guy. That's a little too far of a pivot. That's more of a actually. A if it, I, out of all the guys, like comparing Carlos Rodon, like if you would say who it's more, what's more likely, Cubs sign Carlos Rodon or Jacob Degrom? I think it's Degrom. Because I don't think they have, I don't have, I don't think they have any issues like a a three year deal. Could you imagine? Oh, don't I know? Don't imagine because no, it makes me sad again. Oh, no, uh, no, 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 Kevin, I can tell you this second. If the Cubs sign Jacob Degrom, like half the fans are going to be pissed off. They're going to be like, "This guy's injury prone. Why did we sign him? Um, Forty million dollars for a guy who's going to start twelve times." Damn it, fans suck. Uh, <laughs> but that's going to be like the first like twenty five comments under the Cubs uh, t- tweet of. We had, we had so many prospects. We don't need to grum. Uh, we got we got prospects. It's like this guy only started uh, twelve times last year. I don't think Rodon. Like talk like that, by the way. I don't That's think Rod- I don't think Rodon leaves New York. He's supposedly in New York right now, meeting with the Mets. No, no, no. no. Was he a Zoom Oh yeah, he won't actually go to New York. I'm sorry, but he's not even getting on a plane to go back there. He's like, I, I think. The Mets or the Yankees are going to end up with Rodon. Hmm. I think I said it last offseason. Uh, it just seems like it's the Yankees move. Mm-hmm. And then he gets 
Well, no, I won't say it, but yeah, no, I think that's the Yankees move. Either yeah. the Yankees or the Rangers, because the Rangers, had, I mean, they showed that they're not. That's who I have on my money. on our spreadsheet, which I'm two for two on. Uh, no, you're you're two for four. Who do I know? Fact check. Fact check. Tyler Anderson went to the Angels. Oh, I don't even fuck that guy. <laughs> Excuse me. He's about to be on our show, you dick. Our rankings are Mitch God, first dang. place with 18 points. Zoe second place with 17. I'm in third with 15, and Kevin in fourth with 12 points. I need some signings to happen. This is another reason why I need this shit to start. Come on. I'm, I'm hanging out in the basement a little bit. <laughs> um, I think it's time. Oh. NASCAR Minute with NASCAR Mitch. All right. This week, since, as you know, silly season's over, the season's over, I got some trivia for you guys. Now, the winner uh, of this trivia, we'll, we'll, we'll have, uh, we'll go five questions. We won't take up too much of your time. But the winner of the trivia, I will place a free $5 bet on Cody Ware to win the Daytona 500. Now, Cody Ware had 1,000 to 1 odds last season to win the Daytona 500. But the Super Speedways, anything's possible. He had a top five in the last race of the season. So you'll get, you know, you 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 have a chance to win a lot of money for no risk if you can win this NASCAR trivia. All right, here we go. We'll give you multiple choice to make it Thank God. Question one, what is the official fuel of NASCAR? Is it A, Shell, B, Pennzoil, C, Sudoku, or D, Mobile? B. Uh, Have you go first? Oh. Yeah, are we buzzing in, or how's this working? Yeah. Right, I'll pass, and I'll do a point system. All right, I'm going B, Penzoil. You can all guess the same one. I mean, yeah, I say Penzoil, too. Yeah, I figured that's yeah like, B, Penzoil. That is incorrect. It is Sudoku. Oh. Is the Got you guys. Should have gone with Sudoku. <laughs> God, I hate those puzzles. Uh, I had no idea. Fucking is, yeah. word games. All right, all right. All right. Question two. Um, although I'll have you guess first, we'll go on rotation uh, on this one. Which of the following is not a make of a car that races in the NASCAR Cup Series? A. Ford. B. Chevrolet. C. Toyota. D. Dodge. D. Dodge. All right. Uh, Kev? Toyota. So? Ford. The correct answer is Dodge. So, damn. Is that race? In the Cup Series, so although you get the point there. All right. Uh, Question number three. Uh, Kev, you'll get the first uh, guess on this one. Who was the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champion? Is it A, Chase Elliott, B, Joey Logano, C, Kyle Busch, or D, Martin Truex Jr.? It's Busch, wasn't it? I'm going to go with Busch. Busch, all right. I'm going Busch. Busch? Martin Truex Jr. All good guesses, but the correct answer was the villain of the show, Chase Elliott. Was the 20, damn it. 20 champion, <laughs> unfortunately. <clears throat> Let's see. All right. This is going great. Our IQ is just. All right. Here, here's here's a science-y kind of one for you. What are the, which of the following are the three P's of speed? A, drag, Donuts downforce, B downforce drafting driver, C donuts driver downforce, or D drag downforce drafting. 
I can repeat them if you want. The last one. All right, you going the last one? I'll, yep. I'll go D as well. All right. Uh, what was what was what was the second one again? Uh, downforce drafting driver. There. Go with B. Go with B. Correct answer was D. So Damn no, it. Yes, go against the grain. Uh, I'm so smart. All right. Um. So Aldo's got two. Zoe's got two, right? Or Zoe's got one? I think I got one. one. Aldo two, one, and then this is such like our, our fucking spreadsheet. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> All right, uh, we'll go last one. We'll make this the uh, the tiebreaker. Uh, unless you both miss it, Kev gets them off another sudden death, uh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> racetrack banking helps a race car driver to A, go in reverse, B, pit, C, turn, D, stop. What does the banking on a racetrack do? Repeat the, the choices again. Uh, a, go in reverse. B, pit. C, turn. D, stop. All of your first. I'll go B, pit. pit. All right. Banking. No, what is the banking? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I meant to uh, turn. Right. You bank left. So I think it's pit, but I got to beat Aldo or tie Aldo, so I'm going to go with go in reverse. The correct answer was turn, so we got to go to another. There you go, Kevin. Ah! Everyone is tied at one. All right, let's Come see. and pull your quaid. I don't be that guy in Jeopardy that like leaves with like negative money and doesn't even get to go to like the final round. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. When Just keep that guy on. Behind each other during a race to take advantage of the resulting change in air pressure, it's called a drag, B downforce, C drafting, D donuts. And I can repeat the question if you want. Please, I was trying to rub his hair virtually. When cars line up behind each other during the race. To take advantage of the resulting change in air pressure, it's called A, drag, B, downforce, C, drafting, D, donuts for all the marbles. Who's first? Is it me? Kevin, yeah. I think it's drafting. On this one. No, but it's Kevin. It's drafting. It's drafting. Everyone's going drafting? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, all right, no. all right. That was a little bit too easy here. Um, go one more. All right. Uh, you can ask who the speaking who of the, drafting, the, it's getting drafty pod. Uh, just join the chat finally while trying to. I'm gonna say, Mitch, I think you can ask who won the cup this year, and we still wouldn't know. And don't give us multiple choice. <laughs> 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 okay, I can, I, I'll give you that one. Um, you should know this one. Who won? Yeah, you know what? That'll be a good one. Oh, wait, no, I think I do know. I think I do know. All right, no, uh, go so, go so, because I'm ahead. I'm leading. I'm going Joey Logano. Yeah, Joey Logano. I think Joey, it's Joey Logano, Logano, our guy. Logano, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll go. What year was the? <laughs> is. That is the only reason. That's the only <laughs> reason I knew that too. Um, <laughs> I got to go through right. that. What year was NASCAR founded? What year was NASCAR founded? Is it A 1952, B 1947, C 1950? D, 1964. What year was the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing founded? I can repeat go, it one more time, too. No, go all, though. Just guess a year, dude. C, 1950. All right. Whatever the earliest one was. That would be 1947. There we go. I was going to say 1947. 
Is that what you're going with? Yeah. Is Alder going to win? That is the correct answer. Is 1947. Oh, well, Dang, now, now we're all tied. Two. Now we all have two. Now we're all tied. There's one more on this sheet, but it's pretty easy. I would hope. A tiebreaker. Can. This is a good I'll finish. Get, yeah, I'll give it to you guys. I guess between you two, I guess a tiebreaker. No, it's all three of us. All three of us have two. All of us two. Okay, now we all. Yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. All right. Um. They're three wide down the stretch. Uh, this is, we'll, we'll go to for rubbing. Uh, here's my first tiebreaker. Uh, no multiple choice on this one. You just oh, gotta shit. name the guy. So cool. I gotta go first. Made the number three car famous. Who was the driver of the famous Dale Earnhardt? Got one for Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, I Dale. should get it. I'm the one who answered first. It is Dale Earnhardt. It is yeah. Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> um, okay, what number did his son? What number car eight. did his son drive first? Budweiser eight. Budweiser eight. Jesus. Yeah, Budweiser eight. All right, all right. After he drove the eight, he switched cars to a different number. Mountain Dew. No, 20. no, not Mountain Dew. But what number was the car? He did drive the Mountain oh, Dew car. Eighty-eight. Yeah, I think Four. we're gonna give this to Aldo. He's, 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 <laughs> you have something pulled up? I, I, guess I watched. Were... I watched NASCAR like in middle school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these are my prime. Get off that. Get off that era of NASCAR. Dude. All right, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, we'll we'll get we'll pull up the last. Uh, was it not Mountain Dew? Damn. There was Mountain Dew. You just had a different car number, right? What what stadium did they have the first race of the season in? Not Daytona. They called it the Clash. Uh, they had the Clash every year. It was in a famous stadium. For the first time NASCAR has ever raced in, in a stadium like this before. Can you name that stadium? Uh... Volunteer Stadium with the Tennessee football team plays? I will go that with your guess. That's my guess. The Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl, okay. Uh, the Clash? Yeah. It goes like Soldiers Fields. Uh, Vegas Motor Speedway. No, it was actually in the Coliseum. Clash the Coliseum. Oh, oh Kevin. Oh, was very cool. Pitbull had a concert there. Ice Cream. I was, I was so hoping it was Vegas just to be like, <laughs> All right. Uh, who won? I'll do multiple choice for this one as well. Uh, who won the Daytona 500 this year? Was it A, Denny Hamlin, B, Chase Elliott, C, Joey Logano, or D, um, why am I, Austin Sindrick? Well, fuck, I just, yeah, Austin Sindrick, D. <laughs> I can't tell if that means it was him. That's like, I had no idea. I had no idea. Chase Elliott, A. There you go. So what were the choices? All right, all right. A, Denny Hamlin. B, Chase Elliott. C, Joey Logano. Or D, Austin Sintrick. I'll go A, Hamlin. Harry Hamlin. I'll go, Denny. I'll go Denny. D, because I'm still not sure if you think yeah, you fucked D. up or not. I'm going to go D. It was D. I fucked that up. <laughs> all right, <laughs> later, friends. All right. We're down to two. Fizz is right, out. Um, Hell yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Why didn't we use that? God dang it. What pop star is the co-owner of Trackhouse Racing? You, you should know because I've said it multiple times in the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, Pitbull. And guys, it's not. If it's, if it's Pitbull, then all the way. It's ones. not this pop star. Well, yeah, it is 
it is Pitbull. Pitbull. All the wins. Hell yeah. yeah All the right. wins. Congratulations. I, was, I had no idea. Florida. That went much better than I said. <laughs> uh, this is pretty much how this went. Yeah. Thank <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was uh, NASCAR. Play him <laughs> NASCAR out. Play him out. Play him out. I'm pretty sure you did not anticipate us going that many questions deep. I did not. No, I had like seven questions. I didn't even think we need the full seven, but yeah. I'm Can I full disclosure? I think we kind of shorted Aldo. I think he was up two to one to one at one point, and I think you thought he, he had one. And we just kept going with it, and I'm like, man. I, I think we got. I think we evened it out though. For uh, yeah, you, both my of biggest, you got one question right. My biggest two. takeaway from this was don't fuck with Aldo about the Earnhardt family. Earnhardt, yeah, yeah. Earnhardt. No. Earnhardt. Got it. And he even got the bonus questions right. And Aldo, as a reward, you get a free bet on Cody oh, Ware uh, to win the Daytona 500 next year. Fuck yeah. Probably won't, but if he does, you're going to be... You're gonna be uh, is that going to be like February? Is that like the week after the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes, it is. Look at look at you, a fount of NASCAR knowledge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I, I it is at my parents' house, but I have like an like a, a Dale Earnhardt Jr. like car phone. There you go. Well, that was the newest addition to the class. I showed you guys. I got the Dale Earnhardt Jr. as the White Sox, like the 2003 All Star Game paid scheme they had. Is this becoming NASCAR Minute with Aldo and Mitch? I, just I like think that Sports I mean, Mockery just, just opened up its NASCAR it's division. Coming, is yeah, Jesus I like, there we, yeah. It, now, although you're one of the higher ups, you know let's get it. I used to, I used, to, I used to love uh, cheering against Tony Stewart, and that was before yeah, he killed. I, the guy. Like I was gonna say, was that before after. <laughs> before he, I think he killed a guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I was just trying to rattle his cage. The guy was high. Um, huge Jimmy Johnson guy back in the day. Well, as now has become um, officially not official, we end our show with our official song. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. This- it's the ending that gets me to Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Because I just picture his fat ass college. Fucking hell. Oh, God. I need another hobby. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> Shit cracks me up, dude. I can't wait until the White Sox trade for Daniel Volkova. So the Clevenger deal was like at the cusp of us doing an emergency show, but that doesn't really move the needle to emergency show status. But if something else happens during these winter meetings, me and the fellas will hop on, even if it's just an audio only, but we will be doing a... uh, Maybe we'll around and do a space yeah we could we might have to fight josh now but he can't figure out technology so uh, him him versus technology has been one of the greatest battles of 2022 feel bad for the guy <laughs> um but yeah for nascar mitch the reverend k fids that's all though i'm zo and we will see you guys next week this padres bitch is shitting bricks right now why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout.
rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy.